This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of Love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the One who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents the Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Today we look at one of the most sacred texts in the New Testament. We're following through the Gospel of Matthew. We come to the beginning of chapter 5, which is the beginning of Jesus' great Sermon on the Mount. Often in the Gospels, we'll hear this line, and Jesus taught the crowds, and Jesus preached to the people. What was he teaching? What was he preaching? Well, Matthew gives us probably the fullest account of the way Jesus typically taught. In some ways, therefore, in the Sermon on the Mount, we have the platform of Christianity. What Christianity is about? What's Jesus' vision of the good life, of this kingdom of God that he announces? And so as we approach this text, we're on very holy ground. Notice how Matthew signals the importance of this. I'm going to read now the first couple of lines from chapter 5. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he had sat down, his disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. All those details are important. He went up the mountain. For any Jewish reader or listener, this would signal immediately Moses. Moses who went up Mount Sinai to receive the law. Now Jesus goes up to this sacred place. Keep in mind, a mountain, that's the place where heaven and earth meet. It's a sacred place. Jesus now is the new Moses. He's the new lawgiver. Secondly, he sits down. We know, probably most teachers today, we imagine, is standing up at a podium or at the desk. In the ancient world, the teacher was the one who sat, and his disciples sat at his feet. So Jesus now sitting down on the mountaintop signals the fact that this is God's own voice teaching the human race. And so we listen with enormous attentiveness. The sermon begins with the famous... Beatitudes. I'll have time today just to talk about maybe a few of them. But the Beatitudes are wonderful. It's a way of getting into this vision. Because everything in them is topsy-turvy. Everything in them is radical, surprising, undermining of all the values that we hold dear. I've said this very often, but Jesus' preaching, Jesus' way of being, Jesus' gestures are almost all, in this sense, subversive. He comes into a sinful world to set it right. That means he will turn everything upside down. As we listen to the Beatitudes, we hear this very clearly. A turning upside down of an upside down world. All the Beatitudes begin with that little word, blessed. That's a rendering of the Greek word makarios. Scholars translate it as blessed, as happy. But some suggest the best translation really is lucky. Lucky. 
Makarios, how lucky you are if you're poor in spirit. How lucky you are if you are meek. How lucky you are if you are a peacemaker. Well, how do we begin to understand this now? Listen to the first one. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. How lucky you are if you are poor in spirit. Well, there's a reversal. We tend to consider lucky those who have a lot of material things. Those who are wealthy, comfortable, satisfied. You're the lucky ones. How unlucky you are if for whatever reason you don't have material things. Well, Jesus precisely reverses it. How can we make sense of it? Let me propose a little translation. How lucky you are if you are not addicted to material things. Sin is always a kind of addiction. Look, we're wired for God. We're destined for God. Therefore, when we hook our desire onto something less than God, we become almost inevitably addicted to it. Because our, our hunger is infinite. It's for God. Therefore, if I try to fill it up with something less than God, I will want more and more and more of it. Jesus here is saying how lucky you are if you are not caught in those rhythms of addicted desire. Think of material things, the effect they have on us when we make them the center of our lives. If I just get that house, I just get that car, I just go on that vacation, I will be happy. So we struggle and struggle and strive and we get those things. And then we find inevitably that they don't ultimately satisfy us. The buzz they give us wears off. And then we want more. And so we strive and we struggle and we strive and we fight. And we get it if we're lucky. The bigger house, the bigger car, the better vacation. And that buzz lasts for a short time. Then it wears off. And we want more and more. There's the unhappy rhythm of addictive desire. What's the Lord saying? How lucky you are, Makarios. How blessed, how happy you are. If you are poor in spirit, you're not addicted to material things, but rather you have made God the center of your life. You are free, therefore. Not caught in the addictive pattern. Someone proposed this translation, which is terrific, I think, of this poor in spirit. The word pneuma in Greek, spirit, but it means breath. In Hebrew, huach, it means the breath of God. Who are the poor in spirit? One translation says, how happy are you if you're out of breath? <laughs> See, what that means, I think, is how happy you are if, like that deer described in the Psalms, you thirst and pant and sigh for God. You know that nothing but God will ever fill you up. And so you're short of breath. You're sighing and you're panting after God. There's the first of the Beatitudes. Make God the center of your life. Here's the second one. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. 
Now, again, it seems odd, doesn't it? We consider lucky, makarios, people who are joyful, who don't have a lot of sorrow in their lives. And we consider very unlucky those who are saddled with various woes and sorrows. Now, here's Jesus. How lucky you are if you mourn. How can we translate it? How lucky you are if you are not addicted to good feelings. Good feelings are like any drug, like alcohol, like material things. I want good feeling. I want to feel happy. Well, as we all know, those feelings come and go. We have them for a time. They wear off. So what do we seek? More of it. More of it. How do we get it? Through drugs and through alcohol and through various ways of stirring up good feelings artificially. The Lord here is saying, how lucky you are, happy you are, if you are not caught in that addictive pattern. But rather, you have hooked your life onto the will of God. Listen now. Which will entail suffering. It will entail loss of self. Look at the lives of the saints. Would you ever describe the saints as universally and uniformly happy in an emotional sense? Well, no. They accepted the demands of the will of God, even when that meant that they would mourn. How lucky you are if you are free from the addictive rhythm of always seeking good feelings. Here's a third of the Beatitudes. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. That's a delicious sort of irony and paradox. We tend to say, how lucky you are if you're powerful. How lucky, how fortunate you are. If no one bosses you around, you're in control of your life. You're powerful. We admire on the world stage those who exercise power. And now Jesus' great reversal. Actually, lucky are you if you're meek. For you will inherit the land, ironically. How could we translate it? How lucky you are if you are not addicted to power. Like material things, like good feeling, power is an enormously attractive drug. Oh, if I just have control over my own life, I'll be happy. Then that's not enough. I need control over my family. Then I'll be happy. That's not enough. I need control over my parish. I need control over my community. I need control, if you're really caught up in this addiction, over my city, over the state, over the whole country. Think of some of the great figures in history who were obsessed with power. I spoke, you know, a couple of weeks ago about J.R.R. Tolkien's great work, The Lord of the Rings, which is now the most popular movie in the country. At the heart of that story is the seductive lure of power. The ring that all these evil people seek is the ring of power. Jesus says, how lucky you are, how fortunate you are, if you are not caught in that rhythm. When you make God the center of your life, it means that God is everything, not your own control. It means that in some ways you will be powerful, and in other ways you'll be altogether weak. 
That doesn't matter so much when you've made God the center of your life. I've said before that Augustine defined sin as the lust to dominate. How lucky you are if you're free of that lust to dominate and allow yourself to be ruled and controlled by God. I have time just for one more. Of course, there are eight Beatitudes. We'll just look at these four. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. How strange, isn't it? We consider lucky those who are popular, well thought of, and unlucky those who are disdained, those who are critiqued. Now Jesus reverses it. How blessed, how happy you are, lucky you are when people persecute you and hate you. Let's apply our translation. How lucky you are if you are not addicted to the approval of others. That too is a drug. I want my father to approve of me. Then I want my teachers to approve of me. Then I want my coaches to approve of me. Then I want bigger teachers and bigger figures and greater authorities to approve of me. And now my whole life is determined by my lust for popularity. I do evil things. I do nefarious things because they'll make me popular. I don't do the right because it might make me unpopular. How lucky you are, the Lord is saying, if you are not caught in that addictive rhythm, but rather are willing to let yourself be directed by God whether you are popular or not. You know, Christians, one way to sum up these Beatitudes, they are the paths to freedom. Sin is always a slavery. I'm enslaved to power. I'm enslaved to material things. I'm enslaved to the opinion of others. Jesus here is saying how lucky you are if you can find the freedom of following the will of God in all things. Then you will be like unto Christ, by the way. Notice how these Beatitudes really are a portrait of him. It's for freedom that Christ set us free. Follow these Beatitudes on the happy path. God bless. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. To purchase copies of The Word on Fire, call 847-297-4360. That's 847-297-4360.